So we've been making comments for five years now. That's over 100 episodes and counting. And our plan? Well, it's to keep making more seasons, even more episodes. And when I say we, I don't just mean the Commons team. I'm including you, our listeners and supporters. We can't make this show without you. We can't keep bringing you exceptional reporting every week without your support. We want to make it as easy as possible for you to become a Canadaland supporter. So from now until the end of May, we have a special deal for our listeners. Sign up now for just $2 a month for the next six months. You'll get access to all the episodes of Commons one week early and ad-free, as well as exclusive bonus content from all of our shows. There's discounts on merch, tickets to our live events, and so much more. This is a limited-time offer, and it's a pretty great deal that helps support our journalism. Just go to canadaland.com join or click the link in your show notes to become a supporter today. Hey, everyone. This is Arshi. We're taking a short break from our pandemic season of Commons this week, but we wanted to share a special bonus show with you. It's a conversation with Damien Abraham. You might remember Damien from the Dynasty season and our episode about Canada's unforgettable wrestling family, The Hearts. He's also the host of Turned Out, a punk podcast, the creator and host of a documentary series called The Wrestlers, and a member of the legendary Toronto hardcore band, Fucked Up. Sinuri is not going to tell you the whole story of the Hart Dynasty, the greatest wrestling family in Canadian history. If you want to hear that, you'll have to check out our original episode. Instead, you'll hear Damien tell us about his introduction to wrestling, the fine art of juggling the real and the fake, the turf wars between local wrestling leagues, and how that all evolved into world wrestling entertainment as we know it today. I really hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. I'm Arshi Mann, and from Canadaland, this is a special episode of Commons. But I was always a fan. I always watched it. I was always fascinated by it. Like, it's the only thing that operates in, honestly, in two worlds. Like, like we're, we live in a world where baseball players are stealing other players' signals, where <laughs> yes. football players are <laughs> deflating footballs. So everything's worked. Everything's a work. Like, how do, how do these finals keep going to seven games? Mm-hmm. Because everything ultimately is about taking dollars out of your pocket. That's what entertainment does. That's what everything does. But wrestling's the only thing that says... Here's what we're doing, and and we're we're deceiving you, and we all know that wrestling's deceiving us. So it's like the most honest sport too. The the era I came up in was like the late '90s. It's like Bret Hart, The Rock, Undertaker, Kane, Man Mankind was the Attitude my Era, as we as been historically well the Monday as Night as Wars. I have now learned. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then <laughs> it is it is something that everyone's got that I yeah. think touchstone in their past with. Like if you're not you know immediately you know into it now, like mm-hmm. you were. You know, so, and so when, did, when did you come up? Like, what, what, who were your guys like? Kind of, I was, up, like? I was kind of the era before that. I yeah. was, or maybe two eras before that. I was like Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. I was like Iron Sheik, uh, Nikolai Volkov. Like that was oh, kind yeah. of my Andre the Giant's tail end of his run. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was the rock and wrestling era. I guess it was called then. Yeah. And I was into it, but my parents didn't like it. So I, <laughs> I bought the toys. <laughs> yeah. I watched it on TV. But they would never bring me to a show. Mm-hmm. Like I would watch and it, and it continued that way until my teen years I didn't go. So I didn't even go to a wrestling show until I was in my 20s. Yeah. Do you think you were ever the kid who believed that it was real and then you realized? Or no. it was right from the start? Yeah, I think there's people disbelieving it way back. As soon as it started getting character driven, there were people who were like, this doesn't seem real. And then I think there's also people that fight for real. And they're like, listen, when you throw someone against the wall, they fall down. They don't bounce off ropes. They don't bounce back to you. You know, like there are physics at work here that don't make sense. But it was real. 
You know, there was a time when it was as real as a heart attack. Like they were the, the carnival days, they would go out there and they would, the strongman would do feats of strength and then they'd be like, who can beat me? And there'd be people in the crowd that would be like, oh, me. And then the strongman would beat the crap out of them. But then eventually they were like, well, people are gambling on this. What happens if we put someone in the crowd who looks really small, but he's good at wrestling and he can beat the strong man? So then they, they started doing that. And that's that's the beginning of the work. And then it, it's kind of developed as an art form from the work. You know, the work is the deception at the, at the foundation of it. But it's so beautiful what's kind of <laughs> – it's like a pearl. You know, at the center of it, there's this, like, lie. But around it, there's this, like, incredible shell. Is, is a pearl a shell? <laughs> I think so. I, I think, think it's, it's like a million little shells a million like around shells each other, you know? That's right. So it's like a, a million little shells around it that are yeah. so beautiful. And that's like wrestling. And wrestling, everywhere it goes, it changes. It adapts to the culture because mm-hmm. it wants to it wants to take money out of the fans' pockets. And they know the best way to do any of that is by reflecting the culture back at it. I come from punk, you know? And punk is, is you know, a very, fairly international kind of genre. But it's still largely North American-driven. In a lot of the ways, wrestling is totally unique. Wherever you go, it's the culture is completely independent of obviously there's a, a mega culture, which is the WWE. But at the same time, there's like Japanese wrestling looks nothing like American wrestling, which looks nothing like Mexican wrestling, yeah. which looks nothing like wrestling from Kinshasa. Like it's all beautifully different. I mean, we're going to have wrestling fans in the audience for the show, <laughs> but for a lot of folks, this is going to be new. So yeah. I was hoping you could take us through some of the definitions. You mentioned work. Yeah, work. Like maybe that's a good place yeah. to start. And then... It's also, this is a weird thing to talk about because wrestlers hate when you use the language. Uh-huh. So I'm doing this with the utmost respect when I'm, when I'm trying to do this. And I'm trying to just, you know, I, I also, I'm not a wrestler. I'm just mm-hmm. a fan. I feel incredibly privileged in a lot of ways. I have a lot of privilege, but I also feel privileged as a wrestling fan that I was allowed access to the world and kind of see see behind the curtain a little bit because it is very secretive. As much as we do know what's going on, there's stuff that we don't know at all. Like as much as I think I know everything at this point, oh, there's tons of <laughs> subterfuge and deceptions that I don't know about. And, and, and a lot of that goes back to language, you know, and the language that they have comes out of the carnival. Um, some people call it carny, speaking carny. Um, I'm not going to try and do an impression of it because I would do it terribly, but there are wrestlers that can speak it fluently. Uh-huh. And there are wrestlers, like, especially from the older generation, it's kind of a dying language, but it, it, there are wrestlers that could speak it and just carry on a conversation with each other. But there are certain holdovers and certain words, like uh, the big one is kayfabe. Yes. And kayfabe is something, uh, I think, Cadence Weapon actually put Breaking Kayfabe out as a, a record years ago, and that was... I uh, remember it. <laughs> I remember reading that being like, oh, that's kind of taboo. <laughs> I wonder if any wrestlers are going to be pissed at him for this, because Kayfabe is what wrestling hinges on, and that's the idea that it is a, it is a work. Mm-hmm. Like, what you're seeing is not on the up and up. You're seeing two or more people engaged in, in physical combat, which on some level, because it's not always completely a work, but at some level is predetermined. So, and, and that is, out of that, you actually have MMA come. You actually have a lot of combat sports come out of pro wrestling. And, uh, you know, these, these things aren't worked. They're not predetermined. But at the same time, they do come out of this sort of worked background. So there's always kind of certain levels of, of work to it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, work, yeah. Now, work now, is you such you a You have to find work now. Yeah, though, now I have right? to find like... work. Work <laughs> is the idea that, that it's, it's not real. It's not, and real is such a, it is real. Like it's, it's, you know, what they're doing really hurts. Everything they do in that ring 
really hurts. Like, falling on the ring hurts. Like, I couldn't believe the first time I landed on that ring from any sort of height, which is just standing Oh, wait, so, so you've been in the ring. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah tell yeah, me definitely. about that. I, I guess the first time I went in the ring years ago... Was when- hey, this is Tiffany. You've been listening to the special bonus episode of Commons. We produce these shows as thanks to the listeners who support us directly and make our work possible. We'd love it if you became one of them. You can do this in two minutes and then be listening to the rest of this interview with Damien Abraham. Just click the link in the show notes and sign up for just five bucks a month Canadian. When you do, you'll get a premium ad-free feed of this podcast and more bonus episodes like this. You'll also get access to an upcoming Canada Land Slack channel, connecting you to all the hosts and producers of our shows. Again, it's super easy. Click the link in the show notes or if you're listening on a computer, go to commonspodcast.com. So we've been making comments for five years now. It's over 100 episodes and counting. And our plan? Well, it's to keep making more seasons, even more episodes. And when I say we, I don't just mean the Commons team. I'm including you, our listeners and supporters. We can't make this show without you. We can't keep bringing you exceptional reporting every week without your support. We want to make it as easy as possible for you to become a Canada Land supporter. So from now until the end of May we have a special deal for our listeners. Sign up now for just $2 a month for the next six months. You'll get access to all the episodes of Commons one week early and ad-free, as well as exclusive bonus content from all of our shows. There's discounts on merch, tickets to our live events, and so much more. This is a limited-time offer, and it's a pretty great deal that helps support our journalism. Just go to CanadaLand.com slash join or click the link in your show notes to become a supporter today. This episode is brought to you in part by the Douglas Mattress. Now, I've said it before and I'll say it again. One of the best, and I mean the best things you can do for yourself, is to get a good quality mattress. The time is now, people. Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress protector, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That's douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer.